Are you a technician who wants to set yourself apart? Then the Trusted Technician Podcast is for you. I'm Derek Hofrichter, coach and trainer at SBE. And on this podcast, we will have experienced HVAC coaches and trainers, as well as top performing technicians, all sharing their tips and strategies to help you be more successful. Hey everyone, this is Coach Derek from SBE with the Trusted Technician Podcast. Here for a special episode, I'm actually out in Florida in the greater Miami area, and I'm talking to John from Hopkins. John, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, bud. John, so you were here for this class that we were holding, and I wanted to talk to you because you made a pretty significant jump in the SBE rankings <laughs> and in the revenue that you're generating between last year and this year. Tell me a little bit about it. Sorry, I'm smiling a lot because I'm really happy about it. You know, last year at Super Conference, I did about, I think, 754. Okay. And this year I'm over 1.5 and I still have a few months left. Okay, so. yes, you doubled the revenue. And it's not like you're a brand new tech either. Like, how long have you been a tech for? More than 15 years. I mean, I grew up doing this. Okay, so in roughly your 15th year, you suddenly now double yeah. your revenue. <laughs> okay, so, and you still have two months more to go. So who knows what's going to happen in the next two months. Okay, so you have to share... What did you do? So at Super Conference, there was, you know, of course, all the guys that were top 10 last year and great coaches out there too. But I really paid attention to what these guys were doing in role play when we were at Super Conference. And um, I got to give a lot of credit to Ricky G because I watched everything he was doing and I saw the success that he had and being consistent with upfront contract. Okay. And I noticed that I wasn't doing that. So 754000 with no upfront contract and what I've done this year so far with an upfront contract and being kind of faithful to that process, yeah, I'm not going to stop doing that. Yeah. You know, and I've been able to handle the objections better because I'm doing the upfront contract and yeah. I'm getting the objections like I was last year. Okay. I got shot down a lot last year. My close rate is much improved. Okay. So I'm sure your average tickets have gone up, your close rate's gone up. And shout out to Ricky G, Yeah, right? Awesome. He was interviewed in episode one of this podcast. So if people want to hear Ricky talk, they can look at episode one. Okay, so let's dive into this upfront contract. So what is the upfront contract? Because that's a part of the process. But what does that mean to you? What it means for me is really when you get into the home, the customer, you're kind of grabbing their attention and getting them involved in everything that you're doing. And you're not doing it in a way that's condescending to them or anything. You're there to help them solve a problem. Because let's face it, you're not at anybody's house because there's no problems, right? you know, like if it's on a service call, yeah. you know, or even on a maintenance, most people, they don't know what happens on a maintenance right. call. You know, most people are going in there, Hey, where's your filter? And then they're gone in 30 minutes. Yeah. But we go through the process of telling them what we're going to do, how long it's going to take, what they can expect from me, get permission to get them involved. And that's really helped kind of slow down everything and maximize my time with that customer. Or I should say, maximize the opportunity with that customer. Okay. So you spend more time with them. You slow down a little bit. And you're asking them just a lot of questions about what? Mainly about what they're looking to get out of their system currently. And if they're not getting what they want out of their current system, how would they like to approach it? I don't tell anybody anymore, well, you need to do this. Mm -hmm. Because then I'm trying to sell them something. Right. Right. I've taken a very hands-off approach to selling. I, I don't know if I'm using the right words, but 
I don't try to sell anybody anything. You need right. this or you need that. Okay. This is what I'm seeing, and I kind of want to know what you feel about it. Yeah. If I don't know what you feel about this, I'm just telling you what to do. Right. No, that's true. If somebody tells me that I should do something, I'm not going to Not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of hard ahead. Yeah. So you're saying that maybe earlier in your career, or maybe even up until recently, yeah, very you good. fell more onto the, I'm the expert, and I'm going to tell you what I think you should do in the house. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. That's exactly what I was doing. Okay. Now your approach is actually different. I'm not going to tell you what to do at all. I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions. And then based on the answers to those questions, I might give them some options. Or what do you do now after you've found out the answers to these questions? So basically, let's say it's a service call. Yeah. And I ask them, how long has the system been doing this? Or was there anything leading up to this breakdown that you noticed or that wasn't normal? It could even be you notice you're paying a little bit too much to the electric company. That's useful information. I can maybe help get you some efficiency back in this older unit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once I go through asking people questions and, and really getting their thoughts on what's going on, then I go to the unit, I gather the data, and then show them the data in a very simple way. I don't overcomplicate things. I don't talk about static pressure and superheat and subcooling. That, none of that comes out of my mouth because the technical stuff will lose people and yeah. it's like a light switch going off. You've lost them and they're going to call another company. That's really tough for technicians to wrap their head around. It was extremely tough for me to do that. But you're talking with Chad, the owner of my company, when I first started only getting that into my head, we role played on this. Do not bring the customer data on the air conditioning that is technical. Mm-hmm. Tell them, this is what I'm seeing, and this is how it relates to what is going on or how you're feeling yeah, or what's going on with the AC unit or why this back bedroom is always hot. You know, this is what I found. Okay, do you want to take care of this? Yeah. It's not, this is what you need to do to take care of this. Is do you want to take care of this or how soon do you want to take care of this? Right. You know, it's okay. just asking the right question. And yeah. it took me... It took me almost a year and a half to figure out the questions. Just to dial in the right, like, words, right? Yeah. The right questions to use. Yeah. And like you said in the class yesterday, it's not exactly what you say. It's how you say it. Because you can say the same thing 10 different ways, and you could really make people upset, or you could be their best friend. Yeah, that's true. And even when you say it, too. I think that goes into something I heard you say is the consistency piece. So tell me a little bit about what you've learned about consistency. So going back to like <clears throat> Ricky G in last year's conference or even, you know, Justin, he was number one last year. They do the same thing on every single call. They have a process of every single call. This is what I do when I pull up. This is what I do when I get to the front door. This is what I do when I ask to go into the house. And then we always go to the thermostat and the filter. No matter what. Is, no matter what. Every type of call. And if you deviate. You're throwing a wrench in the gears and you're not going to do well on that call. Yeah. And then I listened to a bunch of different guys that are in our industry. They have different ways of how they approach it. But one thing I took from guys that are multimillionaires, guys that are billionaires is they're consistent. Mm -hmm. They eat the same breakfast. They go the same way to work. They don't take a detour. Even if there's an accident, they'll stay behind that traffic just to stay consistent. Because if they're not, they're not going to sell something that day, maybe. Right. Because their mood is going to change based on, well, I know the traffic was bad over here, but I went over here and 
somebody almost sideswiped me and you're thrown off. My day is ruined. Yeah. So I've tried to be more consistent and tried to kind of dial in that every call is treated the same. Maybe the situation's different, but I'm not going to go from step one to step three. I'm doing one, two, yeah. three, every single call. Do you think that that helps protect you from making assumptions about the people that you help? Like, hey, I'm, I'm going to skip this because I don't think that they would be interested in this. Or do you think there's a self-protection of that natural tendency we have to pick and choose if we're assuming things about people? Yeah, I mean, my old way of doing things, right? Like you'd pull up to a certain house in a certain neighborhood and the front yard and the house would be kind of not great or it would be unkept, right? And then you walk in and the house is beautiful, right? But if you judge it based on outside appearances, you maybe they don't have a lawnmower or whatever. Yeah. But you go inside, everything is perfect. It has its place and it kind of throws you off. So if you go to every call exactly the same and you're not skipping a step and you're not prejudging what's going on at the front door and you have that consistency, you're going to have, I feel, more success. So much more opportunities. You're going to pick up opportunities that someone else overlooked. Right? Yeah. Well, we get that a lot. Like, oh, this guy was here like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, Mrs. Smith, I've, I've been here for, you know, over an hour. Has anybody been here that long on your maintenance before? Like, no, 15-minute maintenance isn't done. And then I saw them a $30,000. Because you showed you cared. Because I do care. Yeah. This process has put so much into kind of what I want to do in my career, and it's made me care more about every little detail. And, you know, Chad, the owner, he's the same way. If it's not perfect, he doesn't want any part of it. Yeah. So it's got to be perfect. Yeah. Chad's a good guy, your owner. Yeah. Okay, so you did 750-ish last year. Yeah. You're over 1.5 this year. Did you happen to have a goal for this year? <laughs> yeah. My goal, it was funny. Michael Bull, my coach, I told him at Super Conference last year, I said, I don't want any part of gold. He goes, what, so, what are you going to do? I said, I'm, I'm going one r straight for 1.5. Like, no, I, I, I want above and beyond. I don't, I don't want in, in between. If these guys can do it, I can do okay, it. Okay, so I w that was what I was going to ask. Uh, you, 750, you know, someone might be like, okay, I did 750. I'm going to try for a million this year. But you were like, no, 1.5. What gave you the confidence to go for that? This episode was brought to you by SBE. If you want to take yourself to the next level like John did, our next conference is coming up February 22nd through the 24th, 2023. Register today at sbeodyssey.com. Click the annual conference tab and we'll see you there. Back to your episode. Talking to all these guys, like doing role play at Super Conference. Forget the guy's name, but he did like 100,000 in IAQ last Yeah, year. I think it's Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he was great. You know, just how he does things and how he approaches a problem was like really fantastic. So I took kind of what he was role playing and I did it this year. I think last year I did like 15 grand in IQ. This year I've done over 60. Yeah, nice. And that's not even including the ones that I like bundled with a piece of equipment because I'll just put it on the equipment side. Yeah. So learning from all these guys that had it figured out kind of motivated me. It's like, man, if they can do it, I could definitely do so it. So saying that your goal was 1.5, do you think that greatly contributed to being able to do 1.5? I was super motivated by the number. If I could see it every day, I'm mm -hmm. super motivated by it. Yeah. If I was like, oh, once a week, I'll put this stuff in my SBE. But yeah. I would do a sale and I'd see the number grow and I would call Chad and I'd be like, yo, I got another one. <laughs> you know, and then uh, when I hit the million, he was amazed. That, my head was going to pop off. And yeah. I was just so happy. And then there was one week I closed a bunch of big sales. And yeah. I, I was like, dude, I'm going to do 1.5 by like the end of 
October. He goes, I think you do it before the end of October. Yeah. But he <laughs> motivates me really well. Some people are just like, oh, yeah, good job. But right. Chad is definitely a great cheerleader. Yeah. He wants everybody on the it's team a, to do it's well. It's important to have those people that are cheering us on. And uh, even by their positivity and everything and their enthusiasm, that's also kind of holding you accountable to it, right? <laughs> okay, so I'm curious, going from that type of revenue difference, how has that affected you just personally in your personal life? Man, pretty huge, actually. So in the beginning of 2020, I was living in a town home, which is nice, you know. Yeah. Uh, I liked where I live, but I wanted a garage. I was able to buy my wife her dream truck. I got her forerunner and the car that I wanted when I was a kid. And that was huge, right? And then I got a new house and I was able to pay for that. And I didn't think I'd be able to do that all in one year. And then the other day, I just bought a brand new Mustang, which kind of wasn't one of the things that I was a goal, but the opportunity presented itself, I just had to take the opportunity. Was, yeah. Yeah. So I did a lot of huge things in my life that sometimes takes people like 10 years to accomplish. Right. Like, you know, from starting my career in HVAC to getting my first town home, that took me forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, my wife were married almost 10 years. And then within one year, I could get a house, three dream cars, and then have a ton of money left in the bank. And you know, work for an amazing company that gives me the opportunity to do that. I don't know, man. Sometimes I just wake up and I'm speechless. Well, that's so good. Thanks for sharing that. So what are you thinking for next year? I definitely want to hit the 2 million mark. The 2 million. Yeah, hey, man. everyone hears it here. John's going for 2 million next year. I really want to do 2 million. If I don't hit 2 million after everything we went over in class today, I'll be really surprised. All right. <laughs> Keep an eye on it, man. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your story. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. All right, everybody, thanks for joining in. Thank you for listening to the Trusted Technician Podcast. If you would like to learn more about SBE, you can find us online at sbeodyssey.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a review. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.